This is the Gary V Audio Experience. And I know that you believe adversity is the foundation for success. I do. And my question for you is, what was the hardest time you have gone through as an entrepreneur? And what types of things did you do in that situation to use that adversity to your advantage? The truth is, Doug, probably the hardest point I've ever had as an entrepreneur was towards the tail at probably somewhere around 30, probably around 2005 when, you know, I was on this mission as a kid to build this big business for my dad and my mom. And I owned none of the business. I was massively growing the business, but I was getting paid very little because it's a family business. I understood, but I basically had a, you know, my 22 to 34, I had a job because, and, and I was grossly underpaid because I was dr- running the business. Um, and towards the end, I struggled with that. Mm. You know, like I started to, I think it's fair to say resent. You know, like it's tough to build something from three to 60 million, make, you know, 70, 60, 40, you know, through the years, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 instead of what somebody else would be doing. If, if I wasn't my dad's son, I'd be getting paid a million or two million a year. So I lost twice on paper. Mm. You know, I didn't own the business. I knew I was a superstar. I looked like a loser because I was working for my dad. That's just how people looked at it. I was okay with most of that because I didn't give a fuck about the outside, but I was starting to resent because I'm like, I'm fucking building this. Mm. I don't own this, you know? And then after all that, I go start zero and I start building something again. And then people are shitting on me of like, oh, you took daddy's money. They don't know my story. Right. I think so many people, you're right. So So many people will judge somebody based on, the surface level stuff and they don't see the back end. They don't, they don't see the climb. They just see you at the top and they're like, you know, that guy had it handed to him, but really they don't see the hard work you put in. I'm I mean, bro, bro, fuck hard work. I got the reverse of handing to me. <laughs> I handed shit to people and then started over. Like, bro, I've got real fucking feelings about this mm. because people try to use the fact that my dad had a business. People, I had, My dad had a $3 million a year business, 3.8 actually, to be fair to him, but it was making 380,000 in, gross profit and then that was before expensive it was a small business Mm. like i get paid more in two speeches than my dad was taking home you know like like but 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 my dad came here with nothing right like zero it's insane what he accomplished man Mm. didn't speak english in 1978 owned his own store in 1983 late 78 you know so like he killed it, but bro, that doesn't take away from, like you're asking me my struggle, my struggle was I fucking demolished it, but didn't get the personal financial value from it. Then started a new business and gave 50% of that business to my brother Mm. on day one, because we're partners and struggled with that because I was driving more of the business. Like my biggest struggle has been my whole career. I've been in family businesses where I was the fucking number one but my financial ramifications for being the number one was nowhere close to being justified for what I deserved. And, and I'm so grateful for my wiring that I love my brother and my dad more than I care about the dollars and I was able to get through. And it's all good, 
But I hate when I'm trying to help people win that mm. people try to throw around that I was handed something, you know, you know, handed yeah. something to, to get to where I got to when in reverse, I've been handing out mm. and still am here. Yeah. And I think it goes so much into what you do now and how much free content you give away to help other people. And it's I think- It's what I'm doing now, bro. Right. Bro, I, I should not be telling anybody about what I believe in sports cards and Pokemon cards. <laughs> I could right. be gathering that all for myself. Big shout out to Kahuna, who I just saw in the comments. Patrick, Patrick, I know you know what's going on with the sports cards because of Anthony, you better get fucking serious. But like, bro, it's my, it's my nature. I'm my happiest mm. when I'm giving. Mm. Yeah, amen to that. And like, the last thing I, I want to ask on that is why do you think so many people make their struggles like worse? I believe that like when we hit hard times, we have a choice. So we're either going to use it to our advantage or we're going to make the make matters worse. Like, why do you think people just sit in the in the struggle and struggle even more? DNA, mm. parenting, circumstances, you know, the 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 your parents siblings and your three to seven best friends and then a coach or a teacher or a grandparent like there's 17 people that shape you right there's one to 17 people that shape you who that is is a huge factor i was shaped by my mom the most positive loving supportive self-esteem building but with rules and fucking discipline and like no bullshit and no fucking no eighth place trophies I'm the byproduct of that. Then I go into my dad at 14. The guy's completely like lying as the devil and like sucks bullshit out of me mm. from 14 to eight. You know, I'm, I'm the byproduct of that. Um, I'm also not, I also like didn't speak English when I'm five in Dover, New Jersey. I don't even bring up Dover. We lived there for a year. I always say we went from Queens to Edison. I've always wondered this. I'm like, like, why don't I bring up Dover? We were there for a year before I went to Edison. It was a quick stop. Is it because I got picked on so much that kids would hand me like, I'll never forget the four kids in the neighborhood, 1980. I was five, five and a half. And they're like, like I remember it vividly right now. They literally forced me to drink this Pepsi can. I didn't want to because I knew something bad because I could feel the energy. But I drank it because I was getting bullied and it, they peed in the Pepsi can. Like, you know, I was a bad at school. I wasn't good at sports. I'm, I, I lost my entire 18 years of my life. It didn't seem that way because I had a good personality. I was happy. I had friends. But the world, but the world wasn't telling me outside of my little fucking cocoon of my own fucking head and my sister and my mom before AJ came because he's 11 years younger than me. The world was giving me no indication that it gave a fuck about me. And so for me, it's really easy not to give a fuck mm -hmm. because they didn't give a fuck about me first. Absolutely. I love that. And I appreciate your time. One bonus question is I know a lot of people right now are struggling to kind of break through and get their message out there other than content. If you, I mean, what would be like one quick tip for people that content, you know, Doug, content? content is always content is how Gandhi broke through content is how Martin Luther King broke through content is how Hamilton broke through and Tupac and Jay-Z and fucking Hank Aaron. Like it's only content. Now, let's double click into that, Doug. For everybody who's watching right now, Ashton and Ozon and Zeke and CBD and Aswam and Gabriel Rodriguez, they need to figure out how they communicate. 
Is mm-hmm. it painting? Is it talking? Like I can sit here for the last six minutes and paint a very vivid picture through my words that fucking hits. A lot of people can't do that. Others can write a fucking poem that will make all of us cry. I can't do that shit. So the answer is content. The answer is what websites dominate this device? LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, it's everything I'm live on right now. And then the variable of success is how you fill it. Like I can tell everybody right now, being a professional NBA basketball player is a great strategy to make money. Over the next 40 years, if you can be a basketball player, it's a good idea. It's a small team. The TV money is huge. We are all gonna see the first billion dollar a year basketball player, probably in the next 20 years, right? Right. It's a good idea. The problem is, are you good enough at basketball? I'm mm. giving the right advice. The right advice is content every day as much as humanly possible on these platforms. The question is, are, can you figure out how to be self-aware enough to figure out which platform and how? written word, audio, video. And then number two, once you realize, oh, I'm good on video, do you have anything to actually say? Mm. I love that. I, I love that because you got to have a why behind everything and you got to have the how, right? The, the why creates the how. And and experience matters, whether it's your life experience because your story was clearly based on what I'm hearing without knowing every detail. It was raw. It was real. matters. Mm. You know, for me, I didn't start talking about business stuff until I was 34 and that meant... Pfft, you know, realistically, I've been working and doing business for 28 years conservatively for 16, if you want to talk about profession as a grown-up, um, but I still believe my baseball card and lemonade stand and shoveling <laughs> snow and, you know, my friend Robbie Turnick, big shout out, made me laugh the other day. He's like, you never talk about the story that you're a nice Jewish boy and you forced all of us to go around the neighborhood, ring the doorbell and sing Christmas carols. I used to literally, Doug, I used to literally as an eight, nine year old would ring the doorbell and be like, ma'am, would you like to hear, I would bring my sister and Denise, Denise, big shout out Denise Laurie and Robbie Turnick and Michael Bronfman if you're out there, Andy Greco, Luann Greco, Eric Godfrey. I would gather my crew, ring the doorbell and be like, ma'am, would you like to hear a Christmas carol? And I, and literally I was so gangster. I was like, hit it boys, dashing through the snow. Like, like just fucking, <laughs> It was in me, you know? That's awesome, man. So when I started talking about it, it came from experience, Mm. not thoughts, not guessing. Yeah, I I agree. And the the last thing I'll say on that is I believe that, at least for me, it was very healing for me to share my story and share my message and realize that there was purpose in my pain. And I think that you can look at pain in two ways. You can look at it in a victim mindset and say, woe is me. Or you can say, you know what, this happened for me. I'm going to take the lessons and wisdom that I, you know, gain from this and then serve other people with my message. Uh-huh. And Doug, listen, what you figured out and kudos to you is that the shadows are the prison. Mm. What like you can't imagine how much I hope everybody heard you loud and clear because for a lot of people right now making one video, one video saying something they did that was bad or that they're ashamed of. You know, that's why I talk about peeing my bed until I was 11. You know, like slowly but short, listen, you know, talking about my true circumstance of like, you know, it's not fun to talk about like, you know, struggling in a family business, especially when you love your your dad the most, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I promised my cellmate when I left 
jail. I, I said, how can I repay you for helping to save my life? Because he was the guy who trained me in there. Mm. And I, he said, just pay it forward. And I, I've been on a mission um, for the last, it's been almost 12 years to pay it forward. So I want to get, once again, want to thank you for your time. This has been awesome. Thanks, Doug. I wish you well. Tar, you too. I wish you well. Tar, you too. I wish you well.